Chapter Two of the Broken Vase and Other Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Broken Vase and Other Stories for Children and Youth, compiled by a teacher. Little Bertram. Bertram, the young son of an Anglo-Norman baron, had obtained leave to pass a summer's day in the woods with Hubert, the forester. Early in the morning he came to summon the young lord, and they left the castle whilst the dew-drops were yet standing on leaf and flower, and all nature, renovated by the cool repose of the night, looked joyous and young. Merrily rang the woods with their own sylvan minstrelsy. Merrily the bright sunbeams danced on the green sward wherever they could find entrance, and not less merrily our friends pursued their sports, till fatigue converted pleasure into toil, and the noontide hour invited to rest and food. Under the branches of a solitary oak, round which the other trees of the forest, receding, left an irregular and spacious glade, the child and his attendant took their welcome meal. The southwestern breeze, which the whole day had blown so cheerily, still refreshed them as they reclined under the venerable tree, and well-nigh soothed them to sleep by its soft rustling sound amongst the branches. The stout forester at last, shaking off the inclination to slumber, his dogs having arrived, prepared for the chase. But noticing the still pale and tired look of the boy, he pointed to a hermitage not far distant from the spot where they had dined, and bade him rest another hour within its safe retreat. Ere long he would return and conduct him home. Young Bertram yielded to his counsel, and approaching the rustic cell seated himself at its entrance. And Hubert, calling to his dogs, all but one old faithful hound, whom he left to guard the child, withdrew. A little while his steps were heard, crushing the last year's leaves. A little longer his voice might be distinguished speaking cheerily to his dogs. But soon all trace of him was lost, and the child remained alone. The hermitage was a small, rude building, surmounted by a cross, which showed that it had been devised for holy retirement. But at this time it had no occupant, and contained nothing but dried leaves and moss. The boy, as before said, seated himself upon the ground at the entrance of the cell, not feeling now disposed to sleep, and old Lion lay stretched before him, his nose resting between his forepaws, and evermore looking with his bright eyes into young Bertram's face. Thus these two remained in the heart of the wild forest, and sole tenants of the deserted hermitage. The summer gale waxed louder and stronger, and the boy, as he listened to its varied sounds, raised his eyes to the top of the tall trees, where it played freely amongst the branches. Backwards and forwards they waved in the blast, and as if agitated by conflicting passions, they sometimes bent their stately heads, and each seemed to communicate to his neighbor some tale of woe. Sometimes in wailing tones they would seem to lament and sob, and then, as if frenzied with rage, they wildly tossed their branches in the air, and made the forest resound with their fierce complaints. 
long young bertram gazed and listened at length wearied with the continued struggle he averted his eyes and tried to converse with old lion but there was a fascination in the sound again he gazed upward and again sat fixed in the contemplation of the same wild tumult time passed hours passed and hubert returned not was he faithless or had some dire mischance detained him from his youthful charge who can say the sad presaging notes among the trees their mysterious gestures seemed to speak of treachery or woe the sun at last went down and with it the briskness of the gale a soft murmuring breeze crept through the quivering foliage lulling all things to meek and trustful repose the child turned into the cell and stretching himself on its mossy floor with lion by his side fell into a dreamy sleep bertram retained a consciousness of his own position knew that he was resting in the hermitage but he seemed still to listen to the roar of the wind amongst the tall trees and opening as he thought his eyes he perceived the figure of a youth who although some years older bore a strong resemblance to himself the youth stood in the courtyard of his own father's castle and with the assistance of a page was buckling on his armor a crossbow was lying on the ground it seemed to have been carelessly thrown aside the child viewed the visionary form with intense interest for he knew it was himself speak to him said a voice close to his elbow but from whom it proceeded he could not tell question him the child obeyed what do you where go you he inquired the youth replied i prepare for my departure i am going to the holy land bertram felt pleased to hear him say so and attentively watched his proceedings till the whole scene faded gradually away and he slept or seemed to sleep again once more he thought that sleep had left his eyes they rested on a belted knight whose raised visor disclosed the same features that the boy had seen before the same and not the same the complexion was richer and more manly but with the bloom of youth had vanished its ingenuous innocence the glance of the eye was brighter but it was hard and reckless bertram gazed earnestly on the figure now before him for he believed it to be the same whom he had spoken to before and he felt that it was himself as he gazed he thought he could dimly decry other forms his parents most clearly that of his mother and others whom he did not know there were the aged and the young the gray-haired man and the fair young girl but all all looked sorrowful and some wrung their hands and wept he almost fancied as he considered the countenance of the night that its expression varied a cloud of grief or remorse passed over it but it did pass and the scornful laugh of the eye succeeded again urged by the invisible prompter the child falteringly pronounced the words are you going to the holy land a faint blush seemed to suffuse the cheek of the young knight his eye was slightly troubled but he replied with readiness not yet not yet 
this is a busy time i shall go when i have leisure the child sighed as he turned away his head resolved to look no more he slept but once again imagining himself to be awake he looked into a room what room he knew not the floor was strewed with papers of various sorts letters and memorials against the wall hung a suit of armor at a table on which were writing materials sat a personage apparently of high degree he with thoughtful look and finger on his brow dictated to a secretary who was placed at the opposite side of the table the eyes of the nobleman if such were his rank had lost much of their vivacity there was a contraction of the brow a compression of the lip a careworn thinness of the cheek but still the child thought that he resembled those who had gone before the lattice of the window was thrown open and seemed to admit a view of the scenery beyond he could perceive the pinnacles of a stately cathedral and not far distant from them the battlements of a kingly palace the nobleman cast from time to time anxious and impatient looks towards the latter and there seemed to be a constant coming and going of messengers between his private apartments and the court but the other object the beautiful cathedral he could not see for the high back of his richly carved chair was turned towards it with fearful interest young bertram considered the objects now presented to his view speak said the voice but he spoke not speak was repeated he must reply once more the boy put this simple question are you going to the holy land at the clear young voice the statesman seemed to start but not to comprehend the meaning of the words are you going to the holy land again inquired the boy folly the fashion of crusades has passed away such was the reply which bertram seemed to hear sorely perplexed he gladly saw the unpleasant vision melt away he wished to view no more but he had no power to control his dreamy fantasy what saw he now there was the same figure habited in the same rich dress but seated on a stone bench in front of some monastic building his cheek was paler his eye even more sunk than when the child had seen him last the gloomy downcast eye spoke more of sullenness than submission and was still fixed upon the coronet and mace which lay on the ground before him a religious man read aloud from some holy book but his words were to all appearance unheeded the phantom seemed not to listen presently voices from the church were heard rising in sweet and holy chant the priest departed to join in the sacred service and the penitent if penitent he were remained alone and now spoke the child shall you go to the holy land with a gesture of impatience the vision waved his hand then with a sigh replied alas it is now too late then let me dream no more thus murmured in troubled sleep young bertram but the dawn was approaching and fairy visions came to bless his leafy couch the eager stripling the belted knight the ambitious as well as the degraded statesman had each appeared and vanished 
now in their place, Bertram beheld a man advanced in years, who, bearing some resemblance to those whom he before had seen, yet differed from them all. The hand of time had laid its withering touch on every feature. It had blanched the hair, and robbed the form of every youthful grace. The body, once so vigorous and erect, was bending toward its kindred dust. And the expression of the eye, how changed, how chastened! No longer it rested on the vain emblems of earthly pride still scattered round, but on the lowly and the destitute, whose shadowy forms hovered near. It beamed with love and holy charity, and brightened with more than youthful ardor whenever and anon the aged pilgrim, for such he seemed to be, looked heavenward. Pleased with the vision, the child dwelt on each particular with reposeful and contented feelings. He could distinguish the interior of a stately hall, from whence proceeded, as he thought, strains of minstrelsy. Banners waved high over the heads of brave knights and noble dames, and the feast was eating merrily. But the pilgrim, with cross on shoulder and staff in hand, careful for nothing but one sacred book, which was ever pressed closely to his heart, turned his back on the gay revellers, and stood as one prepared for instant travel to some far distant land. Unbidden, the child with hopeful tone renewed his oft-repeated question, "'Go you to the Holy Land?' "'Aye, by God's grace,' was the prompt and glad reply." but scarcely had it fallen on the pleased ear of the listening boy when the vision passed away. Again Bertram slept, and again in sleep he looked into the small but rich apartment which had once before been pictured in his dreams. There stood the table, with its fringed and velvet covering, but no one was now seated at it. The rich chair was there with its high-carved back, but there was none to fill it. The armor on the wall was gone, and the bell of the church tolled a solemn knell. As Bertram listened intently to the heavy sound, others not less mournful fell upon his ear. Mournful but not discordant voices were heard to lament over some departure. They were the voices of the poor and needy. But all besides was bright and fair. The boy, as he looked upwards, thought that the pure blue of the summer sky was purer and more lovely than he had ever seen it. The sun poured its cheerful rays through the lattice, and lighted up the deserted room. They fell upon an open volume, which seemed to have dropped recently from some hand. Bertram gazed steadfastly on its pages. He could not read what thereon was written, but on each he plainly perceived the impression of a cross and as he gazed he heard a voice close to him whisper, He is gone to the Holy Land. The first rays of the sun were slanting on the forest glade. The tiny throats of innumerable birds were swelling with delight as they poured forth their earliest, happiest songs. The bees were up and abroad, intent upon providing for future want, whilst the butterfly, careless of all but present enjoyment, flitted from flower to flower, tasting the sweets of all, but constant to none. Bertram, too, was awake, and, leaving the hermitage, looked out into the gay green wood. 
by his side stood lion who having shaken himself fixed an inquiring eye on his young lord as if to say what next the spirit of the boy was troubled and his heart oppressed by the visions of the night and falling on his knees he with clasped hands repeated aloud the simple prayer taught him by his mother o lord my saviour have pity on a sinful child and give thy holy angels charge to keep me in all my ways ere he had risen from the ground a clear sweet voice was heard to sing thy promise lord is sure to stay thy faith immovable to thee we turn at dawning day to thee our wants we tell blessed is he who in thy breast himself doth wholly hide no whirlwind's power shall break their rest who in that rock abide at the first sound of a human voice lion had bounded forward in the direction whence it seemed to proceed and again returning seemed by his looks to invite bertram to follow lead on quoth the child and lion through tangled bush and briar led on with such speed as he could make the boy followed and sometimes pushing aside sometimes creeping under sprays laden with the morning dew reached ere long an open space and from the summit of a steep ferny bank looked upon a clear rivulet which trickled at its base a young girl had filled her pitcher at the stream alarmed at the appearance of the hound she had ceased to chant her morning hymn and was retiring up the glade faint with care and hunger the boy vainly sought to overtake her nimble steps but lion kept closely by her side and with friendly gestures and persuasive looks at last prevailed upon the forest maid to halt and listen to young bertram's tale soon the wood resounded with the tramp of horses the clang of horns and the shouts of those who had left the castle to seek the missing child nor did the fierce bloodhound fail to trace his steps first to the deserted hermitage and then through the tangled brake to the woodman's lowly hut there feasting on such homely fare as cottagers could give young bertram and his faithful dog were found End of chapter 2 Recording by Rhonda Fetterman